Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, we'll be getting a little handsy. That's right, you guessed it, we'll be looking at driving gloves. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening and welcome to the Gone Show. Tonight, my guests are Jay Stewart, who is a brain in a jar. Uh, and a good evening to you. John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in the United Kingdom in 1834 and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. Greetings and felicitations. And first-time guest Orson Escanaba, who I am so excited to have with us. Let me just say, if there are any cryptozoologists listening, you're in for a real treat. Welcome to the show, Orson. We hardly know each other. You will address me as Mr. Eskinaba. Oh, sure. I just usually try to keep the program a little informal. How charming. All right. Well, with this being your first time on the show, Mr. Eskinaba, would you mind if we took a moment for our audience to get better acquainted with you? You already know of my overriding reason for being here. What exactly would you have me say? Well, I was just thinking you could tell us about yourself in your own words. Too very well. As you've already said, my name is Orson Eskinaba, and as you can plainly see, I am a child of nature. It takes one to new one. You may recognize me as a yeti, or abominable snowman, or even me too kong me. And it is this prolific but imprecise association that brings me here. As an unofficial representative of my kind, I have chosen this venue as a means of establishing familiarity for my kind. You're seeing what it's like out in the open. Yes, what it said. His name is Jay, Mr. Escanaba. Of course, Jay. Well, we're delighted to have you here. Welcome aboard, Frosty. What? And on to tonight's topic. You've been there, sitting in your car at a stoplight. You look over and there's someone in another car on his or her cell phone, or maybe he or she is eating a handful of trail mix, the kind with chocolate. But have you ever seen him or her gripping the steering wheel with these driving gloves? So these are gloves meant specifically for driving. We're not talking about winter gloves or gloves for weeding a flower bed. No, we're talking about gloves designed specifically for driving. I'll admit to not having been alive to see the great success of the horseless carriage, but my contemporaries and me were always wearing some sort of gloves. So much the better. My world has always been one of ice and snow. On those rare occasions I caught glimpses of humans, they were always wearing gloves, truth be told. I'm not entirely comfortable seeing you without gloves on right now. Me? Yes. Your bare skin is sticking out from the ends of your arms like teats from a cow. That's a comparison I've never made, and I've spent a fair amount of time ruminating on teats. Well, if it makes you uncomfortable, I can put the gloves back on until you're more accustomed to the human form. Yes. 
It's not a preposterous request. You are a very gracious host. No worries. And there we go. If you're concerned about the improper use of those, remember, you're the one driving the show. Thanks, John. Getting back to driving gloves. Uh, one of the things that makes a driving glove a driving glove is its ventilation, which helps to prevent the driver's hands from sweating. I cannot tell you just how many times I would walk up to a lovely lady, take the glove off my hand for introductions, and realize my palm felt like it had just been dunked in the Thames. You can always secretly dry your hand with a handkerchief in your pocket. In the end, it didn't matter. I was so wealthy, they wouldn't have cared if I was suffering from stigmata. However, there was one particularly devastating occasion during which a sweaty palm caused me to drop a very old bottle of port. And that's the sort of faux pas for which there is no excuse. It's the sort of loss that eats away at a man, like an impatient crow at a public hanging. My word. Yeah, I myself am familiar with the inexcusable. Really? Would you care to elaborate? I don't know. Is this an environment that respects candor? You are among friends. And the rest of us. As you wish. I know of a Buddhist monastery in Pangboche, Nepal. Ordinary. Mundane, even. And except that for some time, it was home to the amputated hand of a fellow yeti. I think I remember seeing an episode of Unsolved Mysteries about that. Well, consider the mystery solved. When one of us dies, and the soul begins its migration to the afterlife, in a process we refer to as the Great Thawing, the body must not be disturbed. Yet here we have an axe-wielding Buddhist in a loincloth who saw fit to chop off the hand of my dead brother and put it on display like a second-place bowling trophy. I'm something of a hunting enthusiast, but that doesn't seem very sporting. No, I should think not. You may think of Buddhists as enlightened and peaceful people, but make no mistake. They're as enlightened as a refrigerator with the door closed, and as peaceful as a honey badger. Uh, now, what exactly is a Buddhist again? If there was ever a good time for a break, this is it. We'll be right back. <laughs> what would you say if I told you that the on-demand world now includes your silverware? Well, as it turns out, I have something to tell you. The on-demand world now includes your silverware. I introduce to you the Retracto Spork. The Spork may be clever, but it's not clever enough to prevent those amazing miracle workers at RonCon to improve upon it. The Retracto Spork offers you all of the benefits of a Spork without any of its shortcomings. Utilizing a patented spring release, the Retracto Spork instantly transforms from spoon to spork and back again. Simply press the button on the handle and watches four tines retract from the end of what once appeared to be a simple spoon. Now, 
push those same tines down upon the dishware in front of you, and they snap back into place until needed again. Of course, the Retracto Spork is dishwasher safe and comes in a variety of styles for a variety of occasions and tastes. Look for the Retracto Spork wherever fine silverware is sold. The Retracto Spork, another absolutely necessary product from Ron Khan. Look up at the night sky. What do you see? If all that you see is the night sky, then Light Touch can help. When you look up at the night sky, we here at Light Touch don't want you to see the infinite majesty of nature. Instead, we want you to see love. Every love has a name, and Light Touch allows you to name each and everything in the night sky after a love of your life. Where other companies stop at allowing people to name a star, Light Touch has reached for the stars, figuratively, and offers you the opportunity to name more than just stars. Do you have a girlfriend named Ashley? Why not show her that you love her by changing the name of the planet Saturn to Ashley? Did you have a beloved pet rabbit that recently passed away? Create a namesake in his memory by changing the name of the Andromeda Galaxy to the Mr. Nibbles Galaxy. The possibilities are as endless as space itself. With Light Touch, you can name stars, planets, galaxies, asteroids, black holes, and more. Need to buy a birthday gift for someone named Paul? Why not rename the Horsehead Nebula to the Lordy Lordy Paul is 40 Nebula? Best of all, there are objects just waiting to be named that are in every person's price range. Prices start as low as $9.95 for a piece of spacecraft debris orbiting the Earth. And just how are we able to offer such low prices? Simple. Light Touch avoids a variety of administrative fees by not being recognized by the International Astronomical Union or any other official organization. But you can be sure that your love will be recognized when you hand that special someone one of our certificates printed on thick stock, cream-colored paper detailing the name and object that you've chosen. Visit Light Touch online today and look up at love tonight. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. In case you missed the first half, we're here with Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Orson Escanaba. And we're discussing driving gloves. Now, getting right back into tonight's topic, another feature of a driving glove is external seams that don't distract from the feel of the wheel. Yeah, so it has nothing to do with poor craftsmanship. Nope. Now, Jay, do you have any memory of seeing people wearing driving gloves? Uh, I was born in the 30s, but I don't remember seeing anyone get into a car and put on a pair of gloves before grabbing the wheel. I've seen people keep their winter gloves on while driving, but that's about it. Now, what's the point of these things again? Well, they can be traced back to the first automobiles. Back then, drivers were more exposed to the elements, so the gloves were thick and shaped like a gauntlet to help keep the driver warm and clean. 
Also, early steering wheels were made of wood and metal, so they helped drivers to keep a more comfortable grip on the wheel. They also compensated for no power steering. Uh, I guess that even in my day, a little extra grip could have helped with there being no power steering. But what's the point of a driving glove today? They don't still make them, do they? They do. As a matter of fact, these are brand new. Peace off, you gullible plonker. What? Did you just call me a gullible plonker? You actually bought those. They were bought for demonstrative purposes. And now to keep Mr. Escanaba over here happy, okay? You limey little mist. I don't drive with them. The human hand should be hairier. Alright, I apologize for the outburst. I just didn't want to think less of you. Buying them because they look good is one thing, and the almighty knows I'm not above vanity. But buying them because some hinky glove salesman told you that they would help with your driving is something entirely different. Well, I appreciate you not wanting me to be taken advantage of by unscrupulous glove salesmen, John. Damn your elder by almost two hundred years. Blame it on my paternal instinct. Uh, Don't hold it against him, trying to look out for a young pup like yourself. Cheers, Jay. I'm not that young. Don't be in any hurry to grow up, son. The journey from snow-loving cub to mutilated corpse is quick enough. There is a god, and he works for the telephone company. Hello, caller. You are on The Gone Show. Hello, this is Conroy Pike. Conroy, it's great to hear your voice. As Woodrow Wilson once said, the ear of the leader must ring with the voices of the people. For those of you who don't know, Conroy is a very well-respected courier who has appeared on our show. Hello, Conroy. Cheers, mate. Hello, everyone. We also have Orson Escanaba joining us for the first time, Conroy. How do you do, Mr. Escanaba? It sounds like you're driving. Are you using some sort of hands-free device? Yes, sir, I am. Good. Many of my kind have almost been killed by distracted driving. Come on back now. Mr. Escanaba is a yeti, Conroy. Yeah, truth be told, on more than one occasion, I've had to take a lot of life off my brake pads to avoid hitting a yeti crossing the road. Mr. Escanaba, this question is based upon some books I've read. How are you holding up being in a room with exposed human hands? I'm wearing gloves. I see. Conroy, what's the reason for the call? I just wanted to let you know that I'll be taking some cargo down some lonely back roads, so you might not be able to reach me if need be. Oh, thanks for the heads up. And actually, Conroy, being that we have you on the phone, would you care to chime in on tonight's topic? It's right up your alley. Of course. We're talking about driving gloves. Worthless. I see. As worthless as a dictionary at a gibberish convention. That seems to be the general consensus here, Conroy, and you would know. For longer than I can remember, my home has been behind the wheel, and neither myself nor my contemporaries use driving gloves. I don't think I've ever seen a pair worn, and I've seen some things on the open road that would make you double clutch. They stopped making them in the early 1900s, didn't they? No, they still make them. I just bought a new pair. Oh, well, 
I'm sure you'd look good in them behind the wheel. I bought them for demonstrative purposes. I don't wear them to drive. At the risk of contradicting Ludovic Halivay, that's very good news. For a moment, I thought you'd been taken in by a shifty glove salesman trying to capitalize on your youthful innocence. All right. Thanks, Conroy. My pleasure. Farewell. What is that man's license plate number? And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Final thoughts on driving gloves. Are your hands sweating? Actually, no. John? You're telling me they aren't even warm. No, not really. Mr. Escanaba, any final reflections on driving gloves? I trust you'll keep them on until after I leave the studio. Thank you for being here, Mr. Escanaba. I hope you'll join us again. And thank you for joining us. Until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.